Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Well, we all know that SMEs and MSMEs they drive the economy, right? And if they can utilize the data that they have, they can have a better chance to grow further and you know compete even with the bigger ones we've all heard lockdown business success stories ubechi's pandesal shops that started from home plantitos and plantitas whose green thumb took their earnings into the green online clothing stores who built communities on social media but after the initial excitement smes are under threat As the market becomes saturated and our world is opening up again, many small businesses will give up and close. I'm Carl Javier, Puma Podcast. In this special series, we take the disruption brought by COVID-19 as an opportunity to consider not just the new normal that awaits us, but a better normal that we can work for. In this episode of A Better Normal, we ask, how can lockdown entrepreneurs continue to be sustainable in the better norm? Today's guest believes the answer is in data. I am Gary Viray, the founder of Propeller, a digital marketing agency in the Philippines that has a belief system that data is oil and that it needs its refinery. And that refinery is primarily composed of the right people to execute and strategize your digital needs with the right process and right technology. As a data-driven digital marketing agency, Propeller has worked with companies like DMCI Homes, Sanitary Care Products Asia, and Wing, a leading fintech brand in Cambodia. If you're an SME entrepreneur, you might think data is just for those big companies. But Gary wants you to know that it's for you too. We all know that SMEs and MSMEs, they, they, they drive the economy, right? And the dream is always like, hopefully the government can support them, right? Yeah, make it a lot easier for them to do business and for SMEs and MSMEs to think like the bigger dogs out there. They have to think that way because all those bigger dogs anyway started as small. If they can utilize rightly and properly the data that they have they can have a better chance to grow further and you know compete even with the bigger ones at the beginning of the lockdown a lot of us were looking for the sweets that we'd normally be able to pick up on our way home from work let's say cookies if you had a great recipe and were one of the first shops to sell on instagram congrats you've probably built the following but now there are so many cookie shops on instagram and they're making delicious cookies too. Businesses usually have three options. Create a new product, expand to a new market or location, or enhance your market intelligence so you can compete more effectively. But the solutions that large companies have 
aren't available to small businesses. If you're just baking cookies on the weekends for additional income, you won't have the time to do large-scale R&D for new products. If you're baking out of your home, you can't just open another branch. Of the options, it's the third one that can work for SMEs. Exploring data to make smarter decisions. The best practice is always starting with, what are your business objectives first? And from that business objectives, you can define one to three of your business objectives that matters most to you. And after that, what are your marketing objectives? And then for each KPI, you can have a specific metric that matters for you. You don't have to do data spooning, no? especially so those who are starting out to look at their data. They look at their Google Analytics or Facebook analytics without any objective. And then from there, they wanted to make sense on what they saw. And that's the wrong way of doing it. Before you even look at your analytics data, you have to have an objective defined and your KPIs and metrics defined. Even free analytics from your Facebook or Instagram business profile will give you a lot of data to look at. Where do you start? You may start with product discovery metrics. Impressions, reach, engagement are important for product discovery. I have to be very specific with that. Product discovery. Because you wouldn't expect someone to convert and look at your conversion numbers when people doesn't even discover yet your product, right? Gary's being specific because product discovery is just the first step. If you're measuring your overall success just by how many people visited your profile or saw your boosted post, that won't tell you the whole story. How many people are actually buying your product? This time around, we call it the conversion metrics. You look at your shopping cart abandonment and checkout abandonment. Then you look at your macro conversion rates, average order value, AOV as we call it, and sales conversion rates. And then you go deeper with acquisition metrics. When you're running ads already, what's your cost per acquisition, right? What's your organic acquisition traffic? And if you're uh, building your list, if you're an e-commerce entrepreneur, you can look at your email click-through rate. Again, let's think of it in terms of a cookie shop. If you spend 500 pesos on an ad, how many orders do you get compared to when you don't run ads? Or compared to if you spend 1,000 pesos? Or do you get more conversions from sending free boxes of cookies to influencers in exchange for promoting your shop? Knowing these numbers helps SMEs decide how to allocate limited time and resources. But there's an even more important kind of data that SMEs often overlook. What they mostly miss are the retention metrics. Brand retention measures loyalty. Like how I keep buying croissants from the same place, even if they put me on a two-week wait list. Or how I'm willing to pay a higher price for my favorite restaurant's in-house delivery. When you've earned a customer's loyalty, they don't just keep coming back. They also are more likely to recommend you to their friends and family. Retention is, I would say, one of the most underrated growth channel. In fact, if you look at most of the chatters online in the Philippine e-commerce groups or so, they mostly focus on conversion. Um, okay, I converted, I, I made this sales or so this big this month and most of the time, they don't look at retention. Why retention in the first place? Because if you look at simply rely on you know acquiring customers or converting customers on a daily basis, if you look at the true CAC or customer acquisition costs, 
there's a lot of underlying costs that most of the SMEs are not looking at. So SMEs need to be honest on determining their customer acquisition costs. Why? Because the moment that they know their true CAC, they would think, oh my God, my customer acquisition cost is really that high. When you're just starting a business, your immediate priority is to sell. But what SMEs think less about is what happens in the consumer journey after the sale. While focusing on making quick sales will work, it's actually more expensive and cumbersome. Instead, you should focus on building stronger connections with your existing customers for repeat purchases. Again, if you're that cookie shop, you want to be someone's first choice whenever they have a craving. If you focus on acquiring more customers, that is way, way more expensive than in retaining existing one. In fact, it's anywhere from 5 to 25 times more expensive than retaining an existing one. So retention is always greater than acquisition itself as a growth channel. We asked several members of our team at Puma Podcast about the SMEs that they've continued to buy from throughout the pandemic. How did those businesses earn their loyalty? My family first started ordering vegetarian food from a neighbor just to add more veggies into our diet. But now it's a weekly habit because she always checks in on how we like the food and takes comments and suggestions on what she should make next. It really makes us feel like we're part of the process. I always buy my stickers from this one artist because she has a rewards card for frequent customers. She also posts about her illustration process and how she packs orders. Because I appreciate how much work it takes, I'm glad to buy from her, even if there are cheaper mass-produced stickers. Ako, I buy pastries from a chef all the way in Laguna. She posts about their team of bakers, like their former family driver who has received training and now he's in charge of empanada production. And she also posts about the farmers who supply her ingredients, so... I know that when I buy from them, I'm really helping someone by supporting their livelihood. Whether it's through loyalty programs, email letters that feel personal, or behind-the-scenes videos of your process, if you're able to turn your customer into someone who identifies with your brand, you don't have to keep selling to them. Gary says SMEs must stay in touch with their community's needs and provide solutions to their problems. Over time, the transactional relationship evolves into one that's not just profitable, but also one that lets customers see your brand as a reliable partner. How do you get this data? SMEs can do simple this or that polls, or use the ask a question button on Instagram stories. Anytime you can create two-way communication with your audience, you can learn from them. Some expert knowledge can also be accessed for free. Here, Gary's talking about the results of the Who Cares Who Does survey by Kantar World Panel, which was published on their website. 75% of Filipino consumers, they prefer sustainable and eco-friendly brands. That's a new consumer insight that the survey showed. It really is more on how you support sustainability and bake that into your brand story or your company story. Um, because gone are the days wherein you push for, yeah, I have a better cookie, mas masarap yung cookie ko, blah, 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 blah. No, uh, you have to stand out in this huge uh, marketplace wherein everybody's like also selling cookie, you know. Especially in the Philippine market when someone sees that 
there's this a winning product, everybody gets into it, right? But if you differentiate yourself really and again attach it to the survey that uh, I've just mentioned into the, the being an eco-friendly brand and sustainable, it's important that you uh, package this well as your company story. Just like what Ben Horowitz said, the company story is the company strategy. Right. Gusto gusto ko yung guy na. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty much that, you know, you should have a compelling story that resonates with the consumers. You know, the, the service says it's majority, 75%. So it's no brainer for you to uh, tap into that mindset of Filipino consumers. Yeah. And then that story will just drive the retention because I'll keep buying from there as opposed to another brand na faceless. I don't know what they're about. I don't know what Correct. they care about or what they represent. If you want, wanted uh, to be around for quite a bit and make the most out of the success that you've had or you're having right now, why not uh, put some efforts into your brand positioning at the end of the day, right? Because if you look at the, the bigger companies out there and products, what they always found are actually their brand. So if I am the SME selling cookies, I would uh, allocate some of my uh, marketing budget not only to you know uh, allocate that for acquisition or retention alone, but also become more serious about the brand itself. So let's take everything we've learned. What does that roadmap look like? All right. Okay. So number one, if they're not yet mining their data, they may have to look at their infrastructure, make sure that they are getting the data that they needed to get. Take care of your data pipeline. That's huge, right? If your data sucks, your insight follows like that. Second, while we are talking about data, I'm not talking about the idea of mining or analyzing your data like in 2015. What does that mean? Data should be looked at right now, not as siloed channels, right? So you don't have like data from Facebook and you have a separate data on Google Analytics, on LinkedIn, and they're so siloed. That's in 2015. These days, you have to collect all of this to come up with a singular definition of who your customers are. And third would be work on retention, uh, growth channels, and your brand, please. Start thinking um, your company's story, your brand story, and push that. Gary says this, not just as the CEO of a marketing agency, but as someone with first-hand experience. Because before Propeller expanded into international clientele, before they worked on large-scale projects, they were once an SME too. And I put in 100 bucks, just like 100 bucks, and a lot of sweat, equity and work. And we are able to grow from being me and my wife, doing it at home, and then we we are now like organically and also those who are extended members of the team around 50 plus. The better normal for Filipino SMEs? It's one where the gains made during the lockdown aren't just a phase. A future in which SMEs don't just survive, but thrive. The dream of Propeller is actually more on showcasing Filipino as a global talent out there. When SMEs succeed, it's not just good for individual entrepreneurs. It creates a thriving economy that isn't just dominated by big business. A better normal where more people succeed, more consumers are served, 
and we can revitalize our economy together. We are a Filipino brand and I think we are ambitious enough to say that we can also serve the global market as well. And doing that, it can showcase the Filipino pride. That's a dream. This episode of A Better Normal was written and produced by Ella Robles and Siege Tantenko. It was edited by Carl Sayat and hosted by me, Carl Javier. Do you have an idea for A Better Normal? Message Puma Podcasts on social media. You can also follow us to get the latest on podcasts about innovation and creating a better Philippines. And visit Propeller.com to learn more about digital marketing. That's P-R-O-P-E-L-R-R.com. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.